Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, and yes, you're listening to Journey into an Unknown World. Can you believe it that I've been doing this show for over two and a half years? That's a lot of time when you stop and think about all the things that have happened from bad weather, you know, storms, floods, tornadoes, fires, everything has happened that we all were afraid that might happen, as it were, in a figurative sense. Yes, the end of the world. Well, not really. But doesn't it seem like that when everything that you value and appreciate is being ripped away from you, whether it's by uh, the wind, earth, air, fire or water, yes, the elements, or your neighbour who decides to steal your trash bin while you're not looking or borrow your gardening shears. But what is it behind all these opinions we have about what is good and what is bad? You know, why do we as individuals believe the things that we believe? I've talked a lot in the past about uh, people's attitudes, manners, behavior, motivation, spiritual essence, and so on and so forth. But, you know, the bottom line is, no matter what I say, you have the right to sit there and say, well, okay, that's Dr. Margaret's point of view. I like it or I don't like it. I can believe her. I can dismiss that idea as stupid or something. And I would never even know that you had those opinions But you on the other side of the fence might well wonder if I'm thinking badly of you, if I actually do know what your thoughts are. Well, of course, we have a clue there. We have a little clue, you know, right into our deepest part of ourselves, right into what we call the ancient brain or the old brain, the center of the brain. You know, in there, is an essence of our spirit self working very diligently all the time to make sure that we have an experience here on earth. Now, of course, you know, some of you know that I've written books such as Discover Your Baby Spirit, where I'm talking about the five children that are born in these times which in case you haven't read the book, I might want to give a little plug here and say you can go to my website, sumaricenter.com, which is also listed on the page on Web Talk Radio. Um, but in case you're writing down, it's www.sumaris, that's S for sugar, U, M for mother, A-R-I-S, center, American spelling, dot com. Anyway, there you're going to find all my books, but the book Discover Your Baby Spirit actually talks about how an individual spirit long prepares for embodiment before they ever arrive through the womb and out into this world. So what I wanted to say to you is, have you ever thought about your brain? Not just in terms of the thoughts that you have mentally, emotionally, physically on an everyday kind of activity scale of judgment, whether it's one through a thousand or one through ten. I'm sure you have some very strong ideas about what you think and feel and what you believe and 
what you want to do with that belief. But what if we go back, go back in time to being in the womb, floating around there as your brain is growing, developing all the nerve endings, the neurons, the ganglias, all the forms of the brain in terms of the cortex and cerebellum and cerebrum and different parts of the brain even minutely. What's going on there? How come it grows so well? And how come it grows first rather than the body growing first? What is it in the coding of every human being that forms us into a being that can say, I can see, I can hear, I can feel emotionally energy coming at me, I can touch something and know what I'm touching, I'm using my hearing to double check everything around me, I'm looking to learn and see everything that I can, and of course I'm going to learn to walk this body, speak in it, and do all sorts of things that I want to do for the rest of my life. Well, it's a major question, isn't it? How do we pattern ourselves into a human form? And of course there are many scientists that are trying to prove the fact, working with the DNA and the RNA, trying to understand all the different genes that cause us to have a slight difference in the way our veins come out around our body or the position exactly of our nervous system and the way it connects to our brain. But for all this, and I'm going to share a story here, for all this, scientists are still none the wiser as to what makes us tick. Now here's my little story. I was about 20 and I was working with uh, the London University on an experiment. They were trying to weigh the body while someone was sleeping and ask that person to go out of body and then keep weighing and see if there was a body change in weight. And if there was, they would know the weight of the spirit. So being that I could get out of body pretty easily, I agreed to be their volunteer guinea pig. And so off I went to sleep, and yes, I did come out of body and watch them fiddling around in the room, and then came back and woke up. And they were so excited because there was some minute measurement that they had noticed a difference in the shift of the weight. And without knowing why, I just suddenly looked at this doctor and I said, well, that's very interesting, but how do you know I didn't pass gas? Her eyes blinked, she glazed over, she had a moment of hypnosis and she said, oh gosh, we never thought about that. So was my spirit weighable? Did they actually get its weight? Or was something happening to me anatomically that caused me to lose that minute amount of energy in terms of weight. Well, we'll never know. But it did wake me up to ask my questions of spirit guides as to what exactly does the spirit weigh? And without a moment's hesitation, I was told by the spirit guides, well, nothing, of course. I was 
dumbfounded. I thought I must have weighed something, even if it was a quarter of an ounce or something, as I thought about things in those days. Well, actually, I began to learn later in life that energy is measured by pressure. And pressure can only be weighed if you apply the laws of gravity or space, you know, the pressure of magnetic polarity between planets and so on. And of course, some of you may know, here's a little plug, that I wrote my latest book, Quantum Entanglement, A Paranormal Point of View, which is now available on Amazon as well as from my website. And in there, you'll read a lot of things about how the oneness is actually constantly moving, constantly shifting energy, pushing and shoving, moving up and down, in and out and round about. And that's very interesting in itself. But what about you? What about your brain? Have you ever thought how energy is moving in and out, up and down and round about in your brain? Well, I bet you the only time you've really thought about your brain is when you get a migraine or a really bad headache and then you think, oh God, I need to sleep and rest my brain. But the thing is, the brain doesn't really get too much rest because it's busy working to keep your body alive. It's also busy organizing all the things that you've seen, heard, touched, felt, tasted, smelled, in the day that you've just lived. And then it's busy correlating all that information with every single minute of your life right back to the first moment you were born. So how is it that your brain can be so busy and so complicated all the time and yet somehow never really rests, just dreams? Yep. Dreaming is like having your TV on and having a little ball bouncing around across the screen and as you look at it, you become hypnotic and you feel like you can use your imagination and you can correlate events in a fantasy way. Well, that sounds like a good dream or a nightmare, but we've talked about that in a past program, so I'm not going to go on about that at the moment. But the thing is, the truth that I've come to know is that even the dreaming and nightmares and silly little dreams and nonsense all mean something to your brain. But it's not really your brain, is it? It's your spirit. You see, the one thing I learned is that your spirit is energy and it can take any form it wants to. So let's make a quick journey back in your mind, if you will, to when you were in the womb and coming out. I'm sure you'll immediately say, well, I can't really remember it. I, I kind of guess it was warm and snug or wet and warm or something. But, um, you know, I just know that once I was born, I felt cold or I felt hot. I don't know where I was. I didn't know the place, I didn't know the name of the place. I certainly can't recall too much other than what I saw. I may have had an image like a flashing white light, or I may have had a dark moment when something like a shadow crossed me. 
But what did you know about words? Nothing really, not consciously. But here's the amazing thing. Your spirit self has all the coding within it to stimulate the brain to action, to make it become aware of the sensory perceptions as the child is born, to stimulate the child to feel everything that is going on in the body. Now, here I'd like to talk about the movie The Host, and of course I'd love to acknowledge the novel too. Some of you may have read it. And it is an interesting concept that an entity, we can call alien in the movie, has taken up residence in a human and is learning to use the human senses. Interesting perception but not so far removed really for your spirit because that's exactly what your spirit has to do when you first realize you're born. It has to know how to move your legs, wriggle around. It has to know how to open your eyes. It certainly has to know how to make you breathe and take in the oxygen and push out the carbon dioxide. And of course it has to help you know the difference between feeling safe and insecure. One minute you're in the womb feeling safe, the next minute you're in a strange place feeling insecure. All these little moments at the time of your birth were the primary coding that was to stimulate your character and your personality to evolve. Now you might say, well, what character did I have as a little baby? Well, you may be one of those babies that cries a lot and just doesn't like having your diaper changed or being interfered with when you want to sleep. You might have been one of those babies that lay awake for hours looking up and around and about, can't define anything, yet somehow want to watch. Not afraid, just feeling okay, just being. Or perhaps you were one of those babies that just wanted to carry on sleeping as though you're in the womb, drowsy. And then there's that someone pushing something in your mouth, forcing you to have some food, a drink. Well, those three little examples may not seem like much because you've seen them in movies. But just stop and think how your brain might have been perceiving the idea that you're sleeping and now someone's making you wake up. Are you angry? Are you distressed? Are you frustrated that you've had to wake up? Or if you're a night owl and you're just lying there looking around all the time, are you lonely? Were you feeling that you had to just be and yet somehow there was a sudden noise that frightened you? Or maybe there was somebody in another room talking and that disturbed you. You see, there are so many senses going on around us that we can hear, see, touch and feel. And in those first hours of birth, your brain was processing all that was going on, making your foundation stone for you to focus on for the rest of your life. 
So what is your spirit like, really? What could it be like? If you came out of your body, would you look just like you look in the mirror? Well, you might, because if you've taken your conscious mind along for the ride, you'll be watching yourself, and you'll want to see yourself looking as normal or even better than you look when you're awake. But if you're truly locked into your spirit essence and you really can travel, like traveling through space, then you might well say to yourself, I have no sense of my body. I feel like I'm energy just moving through the skies. First planet on the left, second orb on the right, third Oscar on the left. You know, what is it you're going to see? Who knows? Yes, I did say a funny word, Oscar. I did it deliberately. Because an Oscar on Earth represents being the best. In the oneness, we are all the best. We are all a part of the whole. And as such, every part of us is integrated. And so we actually know every other baby that's being born at the same time as we are all over the world. Isn't that amazing? We also know, for example, when someone's running down a road and they've suddenly got shot. We don't know they've been shot. We just suddenly have a twinge in our body and think, oh, I must have pulled a muscle or jarred a nerve for a minute. You see, we're all very, very sensory to everything that's going on, not only on a conscious level, but also in terms of our spirit self. A long time ago, I watched Star Trek, and I was very interested to see how a species could live in a robotic way, in a cube, and float through space, and believe that that was their entire world. The Borg. Yes, I loved it. But it made me think more about us as human beings. Why is it that we're not robots? Why is it that we all seem to have a different point of view on life? We can have several people in the same room at the same time and they just don't react to the stimuli in the same way. Well, of course, I asked lots of spirit guides all these kinds of questions and they said to me very simply, you are light, you are bright. And I thought to myself, well, okay, if I'm just an orb floating in the sky and I am light and I am bright like the sun, then when I radiate out that light, I must be sending beams of light to touch some other planet or some other being. So I'd like you to think of your body not just as a coat you're wearing, but rather as a sensory extension of your spirit, a part of you that is able to transmit how you're feeling today and someone else around the world is going to pick you up. Now the question is, are they going to mirror image you, especially if you're in agony, or are they going to lift you up with joy and pleasure and suddenly, hey presto, you feel better? Yes, you see, the energy of the oneness flows through us all. It ebbs and flows. And as it does, we may pick up somebody's negativity and feel awful for no apparent reason. 
and we can dig it down about in our minds and we can look for reasons and come up with nothing because we have all the money we need we have all the love we need and so on and so forth and yet here we are feeling depressed and miserable or aching having a body ache in some kind of way sensing our sight's not so good or maybe our hearing's a little off and we say well I must be having a foggy brain I must be having a bad day and perhaps you are if you're not eating the right foods or you're not getting enough sleep etc but for the normal human being who's had the right foods and the right kinds of foods I can pretty well guarantee that your off days are there because you are receiving signals from many other people around the world who are in your collective consciousness sending out signals about how miserable and awful they feel and of course if you're psychic, you may even be able to separate that, that signal or those signals and say, this isn't me, this belongs to someone else. And if you are, then you're well on your way to becoming a counsellor, a healer, a reader, or someone who simply gives a service to those in need. You see, when we awaken to the awareness that we're connected, we automatically have a heart need to give. And to give means to get out there and share. Whether it's raising money, donating money, um, helping someone across the street, or simply doing the shopping from an old lady who's a neighbor. Whatever it is, we've heard people say, pay it forward. And what I'd like to say is, you always are paying it forward whether you do it consciously or not you give that you might receive now I'd like to tell you here a little bit about my book The Rejection Syndrome in there I've taken a psychological approach to the way we are developing our character and personality and how we do become weak or powerful and there's lots of nice little stories in there to explain how the coding of the spirit is encoded into what we call the soul structure that develops a personality and character. And so you might like to pick up a copy of that or download it from my website www.sumariscenter.com And while I'm on the subject of Sumari Center, I'd like to remind those of you who are developing your psychic skills that I do have Sumari's Education Center. You can click on that, go to my school, and you'll see that there is an introductory course on psychic development waiting for you to enroll. Yes, it's been up a while, but I haven't activated it. So this is the time that I'm getting ready to do that. So take a look, see if you want to enroll, and we'll go from there. So let me come back to now. Okay, so if you're born a baby, censoring through your five senses, nobody's talking to you, making you learn words, are you or are you not having opinions before then? And my answer is, you are. But your opinions are not formulated into words. They are impulses. They are resonations within the ear that reverberate throughout your body. 
they are impulses of light from outside your body to those that go on within your body such as your bowels working. All of these sensory feelings are going on and your brain is formulating a basis of I like it or I don't like it. It makes me safe or unhappy. Now of course once we start to struggle, wriggle, roll over, eventually sit up, giggle, we are showing our expressions of whether we like what we're doing or not. So our sense of pride, our sense of achievement is actually there in every child, even if there is a problem with the child's body or even if the brain is not fully functioning, there is still a sense of achievement because there is no judgment, no way to make comparisons between self and anyone else other than through the empathy and sympathy vibration of the collective consciousness. In other words, if someone's in pain, the baby cries. Mummy searches baby all over, can't find anything wrong, knows the baby's been fed, no gas, nothing going on, and yet the baby still cries. What the baby needs is to understand that the feeling of uncomfort, discomfort, uh, fear, pain, anger or guilt is coming from the universal consciousness of the oneness. And so the baby is learning an emotion and the expansion of that emotion from the worst to the best. And then comes along mummy, ooh-ahhing faces, showing pretty faces, showing ugly, fierce faces, and baby soon learns to read, yes, NLP. Baby learns to read the expressions of the mother's face and of following that, siblings, dad, grandma, and everyone else. And of course, by the time the child is 18 months old, the child has developed early mindsets. Dada, mama. Associations with those words come with the feelings, with the sounds. All these imprints are coming from outside of the child into the child, while the child's brain is also processing what is happening as a result of those impulses and resonations within the body. Accordingly, the soul structure encoded personality character traits are developing. And of course, as the child grows, we begin to see that there are mindsets that are very clear. For example, mummy says to a little child, no, and the child looks at mother as though, who do you think you are? And then promptly turns around and does what the child has been told not to do. While others are more flexible, they'll say no for a little while and then go touch it anyway and then decide mum's right and put it down anyway. Then we find some who are very uh, fearful about touching anything. I know this isn't a time to talk about the psychology of babies, but I would like to you to think about yourself watching your children, or if you can't do that, watching someone else's children who are very young, and put these thoughts that I'm giving you into your mind while you're watching 
and see if you can identify the way this child is formulating the perceptions of opinions in their basic first year and a half of life. Well, of course, by then, words are coming out of the baby's mouth and uh, some children speak very quickly at a very young age. Others do not. My third son was very fluent in the language by the time he was two, whereas my oldest boy took longer. So everyone has their own way of learning. And the question is, are they learning through pain or joy? You see, there is no in-between. We may try and consciously measure how much pain we have, whether it's emotional or mental or physical, versus how much joy we have. I know for me years ago I used to say, well, it seems to me like my whole life was 99% miserable, 1% happy. But of course now I'm old and I can look back at those years, I can see that there were of course numerous times when I was happy. But my brain was focused on the negative. My brain had been programmed by me in the beginning and with every event that happened in my life including all my clients and patients and people who've lived in my life with me as friends family and so on have in some way helped me to define my need to focus on pain and as a result of that here I am doing this show so it can't all be bad can it Yes, of course, I've learned to see how I could see the other side of the coin. Or another way to say it is, my cup is not half empty, it's half full. And that depends on me giving myself the awareness every day to have a very clear adaptability to every event that happens around me and within me. In other words, I have to say to myself, as I will say to you, nothing lasts forever unless it's inanimate. <laughs> um, so getting my mouth around that word, well, it was just as difficult when I was a baby to say Baba Mama. Our brains have learned to speak, talk, and dialogue within our brain silently or aloud. and conversation between our conscious, subconscious and deep subconscious mind often is integrated into a point of hypnosis. And when it is, you come up with a point of view. Yes, I am for it or no, I'm not for it. There's no in between. Well, I've given you a lot to think about today, but I want you to know something else. If you focus on negative things all the time, you're going to get depressed, miserable, negative, get blocked, can't make changes in your life, even though you may be telling yourself every day that you want to. So I've got something I want to share with you. I am putting up on my website some new hypnosis meditations. My husband and I have already got some up there. You can get two for only $10 and a third one thrown in, which is a marvelous oneness meditation my husband made for free. So you might want to go to sumariscenter.com, S-U-M-A-R-I-S-C-E-N-T-E-R.com and click on 
products or audio and you will find those there available for you. And the beauty of this is that you can download them into your computer, iPhone, etc. So they're all MP3s. Okay, now the next thing I'd like to say to you is if you'd like to get a copy of Discover Your Baby's Spirit or The Rejection Syndrome to read more about the soul structure coding, then please go to my website where you can download the Kindle book or you can go to Amazon.com or AuthorHouse.com and get your copy there. Well, I want to say once again, thank you for listening to my show. Without you all listening to me, I would not have a following. But I am asking you now, will you please join with me, be friends with me on Facebook? All you have to do is go on Facebook and search me, Margaret Rogers Van Coots, and you'll find my pages, including Journey into an Unknown World, Crystal Acupuncture and Terogram Therapy, Sumari Center, and a few others, I think. But anyway, I hope you'll friend me there. And uh, if you want to find me on LinkedIn, there I am again, Dr. Margaret RVC. Also on Twitter, Dr. Margaret RVC at gmail.com. Yes, you can write to me, Dr. Margaret RVC at gmail.com. That's D R M A R G A R E T R V C at gmail.com. And my last but not least thing to say, don't forget, go to drmargaretrvc.com and download my free healing meditation. That's a given to you, and it really works. So until we meet again, I hope you'll all stay very happy and safe. Goodbye for now.